Got my first sunburn already. Doing good. I'm also hungry. I was sitting here for a few minutes before the show started picturing the salad that I want to eat when it's over. But I'm really going to go for it tonight because, uh, you know, you can't just go into a show and be like, I'm tired. I'm hungry. I just drove a lot. Fuck that. (laughs) It's time for the best comedy show on the Internet. Check us out on Gas Digital. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, portmanshow.com. No, don't do that. Portmanshow.com or portman.show. Um, two quick things. One quick. is Go faster. <clears throat> tired, hungry, just drove a lot. Describes me before every show. And Wow. All right. <laughs> I'll just watch you and see what you do. Two, um, your high level of enthusiasm has a pretty significant hint of out-of-town guy in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, when you go back and listen, you're going to hear out-of-town guy. No, I don't think so. Yep. No, I don't think so. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm a guy uh, seeing new places. And so maybe there's just an enthusiasm that comes with that. A guy having new experiences. I want to hear about them after uh, we talk about some work that our 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 beloved Nick did. Nick. R. Yeah. Nick R. <laughs> R. Nick. Yeah. yeah. Beloved Nick. Puke, tell us about it. So we have uh, a new archive feed. For all of the the subscribers of the Private Channel Lounge, we now have the ability to just give you all of the puke in the gang, regular shows, uh, break shows, um, all the all the the Private Channel Lounge shows. I think as well are in there up until episode four hundred, in which we swapped over to Portman Show. And uh, if you're a, a PCL subscriber, we're gonna uh, someday figure out how to get that. XML feed to you. That way you can listen to the archives without having to download each individual episode. You can actually just listen to it like a podcast. Yeah, and a neat bonus, uh, Nick said, and I quote, you can also now share individual shows with Tinder dates without them being payers and without revealing the rest of the shows. So. Although they will know what the show is and then they can go look for it and then <laughs> they can Oh yeah. Make a problem. yeah. <laughs> Good point. Shit. How do we erase anyway. that? Uh, okay, Nick, I need to go back to the archives and erase <laughs> every instance of the name of the show or uh, any promotion of any website linked to the show or the YouTube need, channel or iTunes or anything else. We need a third XML feed that just is just us talking, but it beeps out every name. XXXML. Yeah. Well, that's Because you're going to fuck. Right. <laughs> 
So I got to add a link to that to uh, the, to the Patreon page uh, someday. Hopefully, I remember. But anyway, thanks, Nick. That was a bunch of work that he did for us. Um, the coffee table book is going to be a, a, a ways off, though. We're still we're still working on that. As in, I haven't done shit about that. That's <laughs> that's not real. It's never going to happen. It's a very silly idea. Why is it not real? It should be the most real thing. It's if we made a coffee table book, it could be the most real thing about this show. Do you know how much books cost? No. Do you understand what's going to happen? That all of this is going to be gone. That it's only going to be physical things that survive. Yeah, I know. This is what I've been saying. Well, there's no guarantee that those survive either. Well, yeah, no but read anti-fragile. Huh? Then get back to me. If a thing existed for this long, there's a good chance it's going to exist that long in the future. Yeah. You know, oh. uh, old books. I think this is an anti-fragile or I learned it somewhere. You know, if a book has been around for 2000 years, it has a better chance of being around in 2000 years than a book that's been around for 50 years. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. A better example that makes you sound a lot dumber when you give it. Oh, yeah. But it gets the point across anyway. Think about like new inventions versus old inventions. Like, like Twitter is huge, right? Everyone knows what Twitter is. It's everyone's using it. It's this huge thing. It has massive growth. Right. But is it going to be around in 50 years? No. But it, our butter churners? Yes. Right. Bowls. It's <laughs> <laughs> like super basic. Bowls have been around for fucking ever. I don't They're think super we're gonna, useful. We're not going to replace the bowl. We've already optimized the bowl. <laughs> you know, we haven't optimized yeah. the bowl actually, because it's uh, not abundant oh. enough that there are bo- like Tupperware makes a way better bowl, like glass Tupperware. What's it called? Is it Tupperware? Uh, Pyrex. No, Pyrex. Is it Pyrex? So it's not Tupperware if it's glass. Is that right? Uh, Tupperware is a uh, yeah, it's a plasticware. Okay. Well, so, I mean, that's a brand name, so... Pyrex is a brand name. But that's it's also, there's a name for these things, like Xerox and Kleenex, where the brand name becomes the name of the, the thing. thing. Okay, yeah. right. so Pyrex bowls, in my opinion, are a far better bowl because they have a lid. Yeah. Why is everyone's cupboards full of bowls with no lids? Well, because... I don't like uh, using bowls that are lidless. Saran wrap. Mm. But why, why? Which is a fucking brand, but people just use it for <laughs> every kind of plastic wrap that there is. But it doesn't... It's it's a, it's a nightmare. Well, the idea is that you uh, consume everything that's in the bowl, and then you don't need a lid. This is bowls of different sizes. You, but you you can yeah. you can consume everything in the bowl. The lid doesn't prevent you from doing that. The lid is just an option to lid it to, to cap oh. it and put it away. Yeah, I mean, because then there's the pressure to not do portion control. Right. When you say I'm full, but then you look in your bowl and you go, "There's more. Yeah. There's more in this bowl." And there's no lid for this bowl, so I might as well finish it. I've gotten <laughs> to a point where I'll just put something in the fridge with no lid. <sighs> the lid is my mouth. What do we all think of Saran wrap? I don't. Anti. Then there's the cling wrap. Cling wrap is neat. Yeah, that's the fancy stuff. It's, it's better, I don't but know how it works. You you press it, and it like then it glues. Yeah, the press and seal. Here's a little trick. You want to save money? Always. Yeah. So. You keep bags, right? When you put things in Ziploc bags, Mm -hmm. you keep those bags in the fridge when they are empty. So let's say I go to Trader Joe's, theoretically, because I don't go to Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is fucking bullshit right now, and I hope they fix their problems, Uh, but that's where the best cheese is, and I need to get in there and get it somehow, but I haven't figured (laughs) out how. I probably pay somebody to stand in line for me, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you, do they just, can you buy it online and have it shipped? Oh, I bet you could do Instacart. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's there another thing, Puke. I've actually thought about that. Could I get this cheese shipped to me? So, all right, I call Instacart, Trader Joe's. I get the cheese, right? First thing I do is open, eat half the block. 
not going to eat a whole block. I'm not a maniac. <laughs> so I put it in a Ziploc bag and put it in the fridge. Later, I finish that cheese. What do I do with the bag? It is a cheese bag. You open that bag. What does it smell like? Cheese. Cheese. Yeah. Mm. Right? Just put it back in the fridge. Next time you have cheese that is opened in its package, you put it back in the cheese bag. If you have a uh, Sharpie, you could even write on the bag. Yeah, you know. Cheese. <clears throat> now, don't put yourself in a, a box or a bag. Put yourself in a bag. Oh. Yeah, by saying this kind of cheese. Because that would just keep me up at night if it said unexpected cheddar and it was something old, else. old crock. Yeah. Or carry Totally gold. expected. Yeah. Right. Or Mexican four cheese blend. Mexican four cheese blend, which comes in its own receipt. Right. So, bag. yeah, it's, it has its own bag. Right. So, I just say, you know, keep some bags for these kinds of things that avocado. I've got half an avocado in the fridge right now. I don't know what's going to go in that bag after that avocado, but something is. I'm leaving that bag in the mm. fridge. Nothing I better eat. Yeah. yeah. You're oh, going to yeah. end up like my grandmother, though. What's she like? She washed. Her sandwich bags. I appreciate and then dried that for later. She was frugal. Let me tell you, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I used to. Oh, not the worst. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. But if you just put the same kind of thing in there, you don't have to wash them. But when they grow mold, well, nothing in the fridge ever gets dirty. I think put well, them in the freezer. I mean, the, when you put your grubby hands in the cheese block to pull it out of the bag, you're introducing possible bacteria contamination, and you're going to have to sterilize it somehow. Maybe you could get some sort of ultraviolet light to go inside the refrigerator to also desanitize. Mm. And we attach it to a grid system. I have an airlock. <laughs> I take things out okay. of the fridge, yeah, I put yeah. them in an airlock, I reach into the airlock with gloves, open it, take out the cheese... And to get the mechanics down, the problem is this, I can't get it out of the airlock. You watch, so no, no, no. So there's, there's a solution. <laughs> okay, there's zippers on the end the of the airlock. You, you can watch you the, have two, the, tray. the 2001 film Bubble Boy. Okay, and learn exactly how to do it, even on his mobile bubble. Or the 1968 film 2001, which also has an airlock. <laughs> right. Or the John Travolta film, <laughs> The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, even his mobile bubble had a little airlock that he could receive and give things. That's how he exchanged money. Okay, so there's a way to do it. Yeah. I just wasn't thinking. Oh, yeah. We just got to think about it. Um, Give it time. Necessity is the mother of all invention. But I did, I did just realize why I liked uh, I like lids on bowls. Because I used to be a man who ate a lot of Chinese food. Uh-huh. Oh. Yep. And I would get a lot of wonton soup. That you, what are you going to do with and that? You finish the wonton soup and you have this, this great container. Oh, you eat the wonton soup? Yeah. I love wonton soup. Oh, you know, it's just dishwater. I know. <laughs> but it's salty. Yeah. It's, it, it is. It's like yeah. one of the greatest Chinese... Pra- I mean, the Chinese have been fucking with us for a while. Oh, yeah. So dishwasher <laughs> goes in the microwave. They heat it up. Wonton soup. Oh, so... Oh! Another reason I love the wonton soup container. Not only is it reusable, uh-huh. it'll last forever if you treat it well, but it cannot go in the dishwasher. Uh, Okay. Correct. Yeah. Another reason... I'm not a fan of the dishwasher. Because it melts cheap plastic. Andrew went away for a night. I used every fucking dish in the house, (laughs) and I put them all in the dishwasher, ran it, left my door open, fell asleep to the sweet hum. The sweet hum of the dishwasher. Just knowing that I would wake up with all the cleanest dishes. That would be wet. Mm -hmm. That I would have to dry by hand. No, no. What you do is you open when it's done. You open the door and then come back a week later. Yeah, a week later. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And then yeah. all the things that didn't pool water on top of them might be dry. But as soon oh, as yeah, you some, as soon as you pull the the top drawer out, 
all the water that was pulled on top of the mugs and stuff just spills yeah. all over the dry stuff. So it well, does you gotta everything. have. I have a system where you, when you open the door, you also take you you know that some of that stuff's gonna have water collected. So you shake the rack. You're a slave you to the dishwasher. I was like, yes. can I put? You know what? It kind of it, or the dishwasher is kind of like feed me, like that other movie. Yeah. What's yeah. it, with Steve Martin yeah. and Rick Moranis. Yeah. It's a plant instead of a dishwasher in the movie. And wasn't Meatloaf in it too? I don't think so. Oh. But a chat, was Meatloaf in Little Shop of Horrors? One crazy yeah, something. Little yeah. Shop of Horrors. One crazy something. No, I was okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, it says feed me because it's not full yet. Right. And it's just got to keep feeding it and feeding it until it's all the way full. So I put the coffee pot in there, mm-hmm. coffee thing. I was going to put the whole coffee machine in there, which would have filled it, but I didn't think that would be... I didn't, I don't know if you can do mm, that. That's got electronics. I don't know if that's really... Exactly. So I skipped it. I skipped it. I'm, I, I, who do you think's in charge? Me or the dishwasher? The dishwasher. The dishwasher <laughs> said, put the whole thing in, and I said, no, that's irresponsible. So I filled the dishwasher with dishes entirely of my making, and it was just beautiful. Because usually what I do, having lived life at times without a dishwasher... Is I'll be like, all right, I'm cutting everything. I'm I'm doing this with the minimal number of dishes. Yeah, possible, yeah, that's the best way to do it. Which is always. how you get cut, which is how things don't get cut up the way you want, no. which is how you spill shit all over the floor, no. because you're not spreading out everything. It's like this is a job for two cutting boards. The end. The end result is you end up eating hard-boiled eggs over the sink. <laughs> yeah, which that's not for me. Give me a show. Nick says a salt and pepper. Yes, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, Nick says that there's also a feed for the break show only, PM Nick. <laughs> or Glorious Coconut in the chat. So you, if you only love the break show, you can get that too. What a service. Because yeah. I was really, it's saddening to think about how much of this stuff with all of the media that gets pumped out every day that is just disposable. How much mm. content this show has created that is timeless and just utterly spectacular that oh what would you, maybe no one would listen to because they don't have a good system for listening what we not need everybody to do, is jessica yeah we need to make a coffee table book where the pages are uh, titanium titanium pages yeah and then it also comes with a let's say probably a shipping container worth of rack wax cylinders so that in case there's and a Vitrola. We're going to have to include that so that if you want to listen back, you know, each individual episode will be like on a... Maybe we could go with records. Those are smaller. And well, then you just hand crank the record player to listen to each individual episode. Two things. One, I feel like a wax cylinder is subject to melting. Uh, two... You got it. Okay, there's an air conditioner on the shipping container <laughs> that you have to keep with filled with gas. Two... Fuck, it's getting complicated. I feel like you only said any of this because you just learned what a Vitrola was. It might be a Victrola. <laughs> Tell everybody else what it is. It's, it's some kind of old record player. Yeah, that's like the, the original the record player thing with that the plays big the wax like, horn. Oh, okay. It. It's a Victrola. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, we should make everything as complicated as possible. Yeah, I like. And that. now you've learned what it is, <laughs> yes. listener. I mean, I, I don't think this should be easy for people to just, like, get a coffee table book. You know how in sales, people are always like, reduce the amount of friction that your customer has with buying your product. Increase the yeah. friction for Increase this show. Increase the friction. That makes $10, it special. $10,000. Yeah. 
for the show that you're committed. Put a one in the chat if you'd buy a $10,000 book and also have a shipping container filled with wax in your yard, (laughs) maybe permanently. But in addition to the $10,000, you need to send us the shipping container and materials, and you're fully responsible for the health of the package. Ah, uh, so silly. So I guess we should just get this out of the way. Um, get it out of the way. My dad died. Uh, uh, sorry to hear that. Condolences, obviously. Uh, I think the day after yeah, we did the show. It sucks. But knew it was coming. Um, yeah. Lots of problems. He was not a prepared man to die. That's what you said uh, you're going to do, though, right? Uh, yeah, but I, I got a will. and uh, Well, I'm getting a will, and it's going to be taken care of. Yeah. Seems like one of those things everybody should have. But I'm just gonna give everything to Nick. Yeah, when I when I die, you guys are just gonna have to record a show and go, Okay, you can buy all of Andrew's shit for whatever sum of money that you determine is appropriate. (laughs) An estate sale. Yeah, but all of it has to go at once, probably. Because I feel like it'd be a real pain in the ass for you to sell it separately. Could be a good way to incentivize the purchase of this shipping container. Oh yeah, you could you could the shipping container could be one of the cars. Well, well, no, because there's obviously going to be room left over in there, right? So you could be like Andrew's mattress. Yeah. Next person who buys gets Andrew's mattress. <laughs> Andrew's plastic drawer from Target that he bought 12 years ago. Yeah. His collection of bowl lids. It's <laughs> extravagant. <laughs> I have a lot. Of- this is the most bowl-lidded house I've ever been in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen that set of Tupperware? Yeah. The little tiny containers and such? Oh, yeah. I use them all the time. Yep. Yeah. Do you use well, them I more mean, frequently I think, than I, I, Like, bowls? I had my own collection of bowls and Tupperware, and then Andrew has his collection, so this house is just strewn with stupid fucking plastic containers. <laughs> I've learned that I could get away with probably one, one container. Yeah. One container got, with a lid. One. I tried this. I can see it behind puke. It's on the table behind puke right now. It's a bowl. Yeah, it, it had, accepts I a literally lid. had to buy it. There it is. I had is to that buy the, it. the red lid behind it? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I had a roommate in college. Man, I was into having stuff back then, you know? So I had all these dishes and bowls, and he would never do them. So I hid them all. In the dishwasher. <laughs> you needed a dishwasher. This is, no, because we didn't have a dishwasher. Oh. That was that's why you wouldn't. I mean, if you have a dishwasher, solved. But he would do all, he would use all the dishes and the sink would be full and it would be gross. So I just did all the dishes one day and hid them. I'm never that upset by having to do others' dishes because every once in a while I won't do my own and someone else will do them. But I feel like I do others' dishes plenty and uh, it never bothers me. Mm. Am I on the bad side of this equation? Am I no, secretly? No, that's, that what makes it, that's what makes a good equation. Okay. Is having people willing to do the work when it's needed. Right, right. But I, what, what I'm saying is, I am I an offender more than I'm a uh, a cleaner, a defender? Yeah. No, I I I'm probably the biggest defender. Wait, hold on a second. Okay. When I say, am I an offender? Meaning, oh, I'm the offender. Right. Am I putting yeah. more dirty dishes in the sink to leave for other people to clean up than I am cleaning of other people's? I not feel as like much I'm not because you don't ever cook. So I yeah. think that that. That points it towards me. I definitely have more dirty dishes in the sink at times. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. And I don't mind it. I'm ha- I feel happy to do it. It's like a, it's a meditative thing. Ah. And I feel bad because like I 
you know, like maybe in the morning I'll do something that creates dishes and I'm like, I'll get to this uh, when I get home from work. Yeah, and then see, I do that in the there all fucking day and he's trying to like, you know, he's like, how am I supposed to eat eggs? Yeah. With all these dishes. <laughs> There's the these way. dishes in the way. <laughs> so then he washes them. And I get home and I'm like, oh, fuck, I feel like a dick. Oh, you know, maybe this is a way to uh, to go on a diet where I can control calories. If there's a barrier to me eating eggs over the sink and a physical yeah. barrier of dishes between me and the garbage disposal, then maybe I'll satisfy whatever leaning over the sink needs I have just by doing the dishes and not actually eating the eggs. Why don't you just kneel over the trash? Because I don't like <laughs> eggshells in the trash. What? Oh, when it gets nice weather, you can just go out on the balcony and lean over the you know, like yard. And I can throw the eggshells at the ducks next door, and I go, Yeah, ah! ducks will probably eat it. Yeah. They eat eggs, right? Well, you, can, like, you could like spit on these ducks from the, from the porch. <laughs> I will try that when I have a chance. When I take naps during the day, like today, I can hear the ducks quacking outside. And it, it's like a muffled quack, so I think my phone's vibrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was muffled. <laughs> More like... <laughs> You guys want to see a video of ducks? Go to my Facebook page, Doomsday Device Photography. Mm. Well, I took a video a while back of ducks. They just swam in circles. It was crazy. What do you want to say about this? Uh, what's happened in the past week? Um, you brought it up, but we didn't really get into it. Yeah, so I don't know. I think I'm bad at processing things. Yeah. Like, there was a funeral. Yeah. And I could have watched like a Facebook live video of it. And I'm like, I have meetings. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I just went to meetings. But you did watch some videos. I saw you watching videos. Yeah, but those were, that wasn't videos of the funeral. But they were videos. It's your own process. <clears throat> and then mm. my uncle's like, I'm going to write an obituary and put it in the paper. And I go, no, yeah, there's a paper. That's what I responded. <laughs> um, and then he wrote the <laughs> obituary. And I'm like, oh, Warren had a music scholarship. I had no idea. Named after him? No. Like he, he received us, it. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought you meant that he had like an endowment or something. No, no, no. <laughs> um, huh. But yeah, like the obituary, I just, I don't know. It was just more like, okay, take care of business. What would Warren want me to do? And like, if anything, here's the one thing I took from it. Like, I, I could like, you know, everyone else was more sad than I was. Hmm. And more shocked by all of it than I was. And my take was like, no, he made these choices. He did what he wanted. Good for him. He, you know, he got to live how he wanted. Yeah, I'm sure if he could go back and change actions and live longer, he would. But I don't know. I don't feel that bad about it. And, you know, what would he want? Like, I'll be walking around the house thinking about this. And I'll just think, oh, he would want me to accomplish something. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just, like, I don't know, a couple days I had enough motivation to work later into the day and, like, do some accounting and some business stuff. And I don't know. It was kind of like a motivating thing in a strange way. Yeah, it's kind of how I felt. Maybe because, uh, you know, it was it was separated. You know, you're not there, so it's not really real. Because uh, everybody was doing the same thing, like you know, family was messaging me with all these stories, and I'm like, ah, yeah, it is what it is. It's over with now. What are you gonna do? We plan to have like a family get together at some point, maybe this summer or some shit, and uh, like have a have a what do you call it? A wake, you know, kind of thing. 
here's what I would recommend but, yeah. that is really great. And we did this for my uncle. And this, these are people who are Catholics and have the worst funerals. Oh, yeah. That's what the funeral was. It was a Catholic funeral in Nicaragua. That's the mm. worst situation. I'm sure. What you want to do is just a celebration of life. You get a bunch of people together. I made like a 15-minute video of pictures, and people got up and said something, and we had food, and there was an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, well, see, oh, here's the problem. Okay. Everyone my dad knew for the last 16 years of his life doesn't speak English. That would make it better. And they're, they're all down there, so they already did that. They, what if for, they speak Spanish? Yes. For, a, for everyone to gather up here, uh, we already did that. I, I saw my uncle, and we said hi, mm-hmm. and then we left. Well, there you go. That, that was Closure. The, that was the, <laughs> yeah, the celebration of life. E, well, yeah, but I mean, you could recommend. Well, I mean, for that's what I was talking to him. Like you, the the Catholic funeral is already like you can't do anything after that. So, Puke still has an opportunity due to COVID. This hasn't happened yet. I mean, this yeah. was last summer. So, if this summer is better, because I'm thinking about suggesting to my mom that we do this for her significant other who died in November. Yeah. Um, mm. But you got enough people to actually do a thing. We got enough people to actually do a thing. Right. So, you know, if Puke has that situation, it might be worth it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting because, like, other people sort of graft their emotional response onto you slash me, where, you know, they expect you to react in a certain way. And I don't know, is it bad? Is it a bad sign if you're just like, eh? I don't know. It, it, it just it makes is. me feel bad. Like everyone's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Let me know if you need something." Like everyone says that, and I'm just like, yeah, I, "I don't know what to tell you. Like I don't know what I need. I don't, I don't know. Thanks." Like yeah, it makes me feel like, uncomfortable you know, and and bad. Like everyone says it, and I don't know. I don't know. Like fucking everybody, and I under, I'm not mad at them, but like my mom, um. You know, this sounds awful, but this did buy me at least several days of not being guilted for something mm-hmm. from my mom. <laughs> but okay. uh, the day after he died, I went there just to pick up some mail, and she's in the middle of work, so I know I'm not gonna be able to, like interact with her. Like she'll have like a minute or two between calls. So I'm like looking at my mail, and she asks about him, and I said he died. And you know, she's like, oh, "I'm so sorry. What do you need?" And I said, "Look, I don't need anything. All I need is for you to." You could talk about it with your family as much as you want. I just don't want to get calls from them and have to, you know, say the same thing that I've been saying to everybody over and over and over again. This is just, this will be a big help if I have at least a few people in the world that I don't have to explain this to. Yeah. Within two hours, her mom calls me and I answer the phone and it's fine. But my grandma calls on my mom's side and I go, hello? And I don't hear anything. And then I hear, oh, shit, I didn't mean to call you. I'm so sorry I called you. And I'm like, oh, now I feel like a dick. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked to her. And then my uncle called me, uh, my my mom's brother. And I'm just like, okay, I, I don't know. Like, So that failed. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You got a podcast. It's a great way to get a message out to a lot of people. And you could have just said, uh, sent everybody the podcast. Yeah. Where you're um, like, here are my thoughts. This uh, takes care of all the calls. Listen to these amusement park ideas. Your grandma has... Yeah. Look, your grandpa, he's asleep. Yeah. He's asleep. The sun's in his eyes. The sun's in his eyes, he's asleep. Grandma's got an iPod pad. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. She knows how to get a podcast. No. Do you know how to get an email? 
Yeah. She knows how to click a link. Yeah. She knows how to get a podcast. There you go. Right? So it's like, Grandma, uh, just listen to this. Don't call. <laughs> Only listen to the first 20 minutes. Yeah. We get it all out of the way in the first minute. So it's not me saying weird things about my dick. And then your grandma <laughs> yeah, calls skip, you skip anyway. It's like, the, uh, why do your friends part? talk about their dicks? Yeah. <laughs> I thought James was such a nice man. Are they gay? <laughs> Who else would talk about their dick publicly if they weren't gay? Uh, that's what my grandma would say but I, I don't know i don't know how to process the sentimental stuff mm-hmm. like it never i don't know it never really carried any weight for me and that doesn't mean like i'm some cold uncaring person like brett your girlfriend did a very nice thing for me today mm-hmm. and i had no idea how to process it and i felt awful afterwards no i just said uh what i said to her when she told me that she was going to do it and kind of like what she wrote i yeah. said um I don't know if outwardly he will receive it graciously, but he will appreciate it. It was very much appreciated. So is that true? That's true. Yeah. It yeah. Was, oh, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't receive it graciously. Well, I mean, not the way, <laughs> like, I am gracious as can be, you know? Right. So, I mean, she's gotten used to a kind of graciousness. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, uh, you know, the, 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 it will not match my graciousness. Right. But like, I said, I'm Brett graciousness for not. Yeah. And I said, I, I said, I think you should do it. I think he will. He he knows how to appreciate things for sure. I know this for a fact. So, um, well, she wrote me a nice card. It was very nice and, and sweet, and uh, it made me feel good. But I had no idea how to react and respond. And I was thinking about this, like it's the sentimental stuff that I don't do well with. But that's not true across the board, because like in a romantic situation, I will be the most sentimental romantic guy on the fucking planet. Mm-hmm. I absolutely will. And it's it's easy. It comes naturally. But outside of the romantic situation, I'm fucking clueless. Do you want to talk about one sentimental thing you've done just so people believe you? Sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, so I, I recently ended a relationship. But in that relationship, I did nice sentimental things. Like I will do little sweet things like, oh, I'm coming to see you. Um, I'm going to get there before you wake up, but I'm going to show up with a coffee and some sort of pastry to wake you up with. Isn't that nice? On top of that, um, I learn, you know, they like something, right? So rather than like show up and give a gift, I just leave it for them in their car Mm. or somewhere they're going to stumble across it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, one of our first dates, we watched a whole bunch of Mr. Bean episodes and she loved Mr. Bean. So rather than like buy her flowers like Amy would want you to do if you're fucking dating Amy or something. Very basic. Yeah. Rather I'm not gonna do something basic. <laughs> yeah. So like I can do basic shit on like a, you know, just random basis. Mm-hmm. But for like the first gift I'm gonna give somebody, it's not gonna be fucking flowers. You know what it was? It was a framed signed picture of Mr. Bean. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Okay, yeah. The part where you said you learn they like something. Yeah. You did kind of sound like alien, like an <laughs> alien, like we're aliens meeting to figure out how to like infiltrate the human race. Okay. Well, it was something specific like, uh, sure. Everyone likes flowers. Who doesn't like flower? What kind of sick fucker doesn't like we flowers? We learned that they like something specific. Yes, but it was a specific flower. <laughs> Hot dogs. <laughs> Why did I come into this? Because <laughs> I feel like you don't like flowers. 
So we will dress. I like as photographing them. Hot dog salesmen or hot dog cart owners, and they will gather around the hot dog cart and give us information. <laughs> yep. I will dress in a hot dog outfit. Yeah. And befriend them. Oh yeah. Well, ingratiate myself to them as an alien who spent more time on the planet. You do kind of stand out that way, dressed as a hot dog. <laughs> but uh, no, so I went and I learned about orchids because they're very difficult to keep alive and they don't last very long. So I learned about orchids, and while I was out doing errands one day, I picked up an orchid, but I was very selective about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and it was a very healthy orchid, and it exploded with orchidity. Yeah, oh, great. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds wonderful. Um, and I, I will just not share anything. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I feel like sharing some of the stuff that's like very. I mean, it's fine that you did, and I asked you to, and I'm not. I didn't do this to like trick you. Uh huh. But I feel like uh, me doing it kind of cheapens the sentimentality of it by like making an example of how I'm sentimental. Like more sentimental than me? No, I, I assume was, that you are. It's not a competition. I don't think it's a competition. At well, all. I assume whatever you did was su- superior sentimentality to mine. Uh. No, I'm but not saying it depends saying on the context. That, no, like, but, but, to you, Mr. Bean isn't sentimental. To me, it is. Yeah, I mean, if I gave somebody... Yeah, so it's not, like, objective. Right. It's all subjective. So, no, I think that's I think that's great. And uh, I know you have that in you, so... Well, it's just weird that it doesn't come out at all outside of the romantic relationships. You've bought me a table. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, it was really nice. And it was at a time when I had no furniture. I had dining room stuff and uh, I had an air mattress. Yeah. And Andrew shows up and it's my birthday. And he goes, look what I got you. It's a motorized seated to standing desk. And then I put it together, I think. Uh, Yeah. And then I put it up and I stood at it and I felt like a king. (laughs) I am... King I still Brett have the gracious. I still have it. It's just it's a mere six hundred and twenty miles away from here, <laughs> in a non-climate controlled storage unit. <laughs> but I'm getting it back soon. May, well, I don't know. That might not be true. <laughs> so okay, since I already brought up your girlfriend, she was up here. Uh, it was funny yesterday. We were all just kind of standing around outside because it was a beautiful morning. It was mm-hmm. sunny. The sun beats down on the porch, mm-hmm. and we're talking. So I'm standing there in the driveway smoking cigarettes. You guys are up on the on the porch, and we're talking. And she's looking down at these cars in the driveway, mm-hmm. specifically my Miata and the CRV. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at the Miata, and she's like, "Yeah, I like the way that car looks." And I'm thinking, "Wow, this is like the most innocent, objective viewpoint on cars because she is somebody who doesn't have a car." Mm-hmm. She's right? a city person. Yeah. yeah, she's a city person who's like... Well, no. I don't want to call her a city person. Okay. Because if you say city person, what do you picture? <laughs> bus people. <laughs> what? What you, what? what You picture bus people? Bus people. You picture shitty whites mm-hmm. fucking yeah. pounding a, you know, black people in the future sign into their front lawn. Mm-hmm. Playing music loudly. Out of a backpack. And then taking a selfie with themselves in front of the sign. Yep. Um, City person does not describe this luminous little lamb of a woman. Well, okay. The way I looked at her. She lives in a city and doesn't need a car. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like she sees cars the same way the rest of the world sees like deer. 
Dishwashers. Oh. Like, these are things that sometimes they're a nuisance. Sometimes they look okay, but they're just there. They're not part mm-hmm. of her direct world. She has no control over them. She doesn't interact with them. They're just there. She interacts with cars. Like, well, if she interacts too much, she'll get hit by one. She has been on a bike. Yeah, see? Like, people hit deer in cars. Same thing. Yeah, okay. Okay? So, like, I, I appreciated her her innocent perspective on the Miata. Then she looks over the CRV and she's like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. And I go, what do you mean, what's wrong with that? It's great. What do you expect? She didn't even try to open any of the doors that don't open. <laughs> now, the way I describe that car uh, is everything works 70%. Mm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's about 70% of the power left. Mm-hmm. The transmission shifts 75% effectively. Mm-hmm. The doors open seventy with, with 30% more resistance what than they should. What do you think should. the curb weight of that is? 32? Yeah. 3,200 pounds? Yeah. Okay. It drives like a U-Haul truck that's filled with bricks. No, I don't think so. No, no, no. The, the, the engine and transmission, the transmission makes it feel like that. Yeah. But steering and stuff, it feels light on its feet. It's like, oh, I'm this floppy, you know, little light car. I can, you know, pop around. I can dodge potholes. Yeah. I can fucking hit it, potholes and bounce off stuff. I don't care. I remember we drove that thing to South Carolina. Fully loaded, though. Yep. Oh, yeah, it was fully loaded. Up and down the hills of horse vagina. Yep. Up and down the hills of horse vagina. And I, um, it's my turn to drive. And I kind of like, I'm driving it. Learning the transmission, and I'm like, wow. This was the old transmission, We're fucking too. nine hours from where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> Theoretically. Like, according to this uh, GPS that doesn't know anything about this CRV or what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like driving a U-Haul filled with wax cylinders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, I was a little bit offended by her take on the CRV. No, not really. Like, I, I proudly said, I'm like, if that car just catches fire right now, I'd be like, oh, neat. Yeah, you lived, you lived, and I think I said this when we were talking about it yesterday. You live one of my dreams, which is to have a car that I just, I could have this if I just would take the initiative. Mm-hmm. That is like, if something happens to it, you go, ha, and you just leave it there. Right. Yeah. Or if yeah. something does happen to it, it's like, how cheap is it to fix? Mean- oh, okay. Or meanwhile, I mean, if it like starts on fire. Yeah, yeah, well. You just stand you outside your burning car and laughing. Months swapping that. Oh, there was that. That happened once. What? <laughs> he swapped out an engine. Yeah, you you have to buy a new engine, and it's yeah. a whole fucking ordeal. Well, CRV got a new transmission at some point. Yeah, but after my uh, my Mazda six did have the new engine, then I was like, wow, now I have a car. To, uh, as long as I pay attention to the oil, who gives a shit what happens? <laughs> oh, puke! Your car needs a new battery. Oh yeah! Every time I go to start it, it it needs jumped. I thought it had a new battery. Uh, the battery's not that old. Okay, well, it when it sits for more than like a week, it needs jumped every yeah. time. Yeah, it it's had that problem for a long time. There's probably something plugged in that shouldn't be. Because I'll like every month, usually four to six weeks, I'll bring it home for a couple days and just drive it for a couple days. Yeah. And after I bring it home, it always starts back up. But then when I put it back away in storage, it doesn't start the next time. Without yeah. help. But other than that, it's fine. I'm pretty certain something has to be draining the battery because I, I could have swore I've had that battery replaced like it might be a year or two old. Yeah. You know what's draining the battery? Ah. Uh, the future. Electrical. What? The future. Oh. The future. <laughs> you know what battery doesn't drain? 
the Miata, I parked the Miata in that storage unit where your car's at in November. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I'll come in here and I'll pull it out every month or so and drive it. Now, just like a week and a half ago, I went to go um, to go get it. And I'm like, man, I have to jump this. It sat here for five fucking months. Started right up. Battery not dead. Yeah. But the new car. It's shit. That doesn't have a 22-year-old battery. <laughs> it needs jumped every week. I don't know. The future drains batteries. Yeah, I guess so. It's got yeah. too much technology. Yeah, here. 2001 happened and batteries just started depleting. It's that uh, It's that uh, battery market. It's Planned like in, obsolescence of batteries. It's like in War of the Worlds. Mm. But all right, know. we should go to break. Okay. When we come back from the break, I got to talk about uh, young people. Oh. I mean, Alex? No. What other young oh. people are there? A man named Tim. Tim? So, well, yeah, I, I wanted to hashtag save Timmy. Oh, you, you did a Tim? You, you... I did a Tim. You molested a boy. All right. Well, we'll find out more about that after the break. What do you think of the new clean studio? I think it was great. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there's still crumbs all over this table. I wonder where those come from. Uh, me or uh, I don't know. A lot of it's probably from me, but um, I mean, there's cigarette ashes all over there too. So everybody has, you know, everybody's spot has a story. But um, I was gonna put the vacuum right up on the table and try that. Well, that would worked. Yeah, it's oh, it's still right there. You want me? I'll do it during the show. I will. I'm going to. We'll okay. start hour two that way. Okay. Is like Brett trying to rip the felt off the table or something? What the fuck is going on? And five, four, three. Welcome back to the second half of the show. This is the part of the show where we vacuum the table. How do you feel about that? It seems real dumb. I don't understand what's going on. Actually, it's working really well. Oh. Uh, what happened is when oh, he oh, geez. Like, grabs one of the cables oh, and geez, destroys cameras. them. You know, uh, why wouldn't you just use the hand part? <laughs> because this is be way more effective, actually. I'm watching its work. I mean, the, it's like the table's made of carpet. That's true. All right, well, that was a great idea. Oh, he's still going. Why did we decide to do this now? Puke, I cleaned the table. When you get, when you get back, you'll like the you'll really like the look of the table. Oh, yeah. So last night we had uh, our first poker night in a long time. Yeah, and it was fine, but there was something I really liked. Um, Stupid What's-Her-Face was playing, and we've talked about her before on the show. And the problem is, other than, and I was guilty of this last night, um, a lot of people don't pay attention to poker, and you kind of got to pay attention, because you got to know what's in your turn. That way, you know, every two minutes, someone doesn't have to yell, Amy, and then you get yelled at for yelling Amy, and then you have to repeat, repeat the same thing, like it's your turn. Yeah, you get yelled at a lot. I know, right? 
Mm-hmm. Why is and those two ladies fall? gang up on you? I know. But well, it's because they know they're wrong. So right. they, they need each other. Yeah. Like, I don't know why no one else is stepping up and yelling Amy at Amy when it's her turn to play poker. She's terrifying. Uh, how? I don't know. Well, anyway, Stuart Watch Your Face uh, said repeatedly she's been playing some kind of online poker thing. She really uh, took charge. And Brett uh, didn't seem to be very intimidated by this. Nope. And Stuart Watch Your Face was paying uh, as much attention as a retarded goldfish would. Yeah, because a lot. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. And a lot can change in a year and a half in somebody's poker skill. Because in 2019, I won't call her stupid. What's her face? It's her name. Sarah. Can we say her name? Do you call him puke? Yeah, but I also yeah. call him James. I try to call him James. And then I look at him and I go, that's puke. Because that's what I believed for a long time. But I want him to be James. So I met Sarah as Sarah. And then you said, oh, yeah, we call her stupid. What's her face? And I said, well, that's terrible. What is this? <laughs> That's how you know your friends. Yeah, it, she likes it, it. It's it's not out of maliciousness, right? I don't know that she does like it. So Sarah really like goes into a couple of pots, basically facing the other direction, like away from the table. Yeah, yeah. Like she starts the game off firsthand. She lays her cards on the table face up. What? <laughs> yep. I'm like, huh, I'm, I'm going to okay. take her money. Yep. That's so, an interesting strategy. At and, one and, point, and Brett's strategy is. Brett doesn't drink while everyone else is drinking, and then he ends up winning everything. Except I smoked pot. Yep, yep. It, or vaped it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really got it. So it caused it caused me to not pay attention to a few things. Uh, no, I, I caused myself to not be fully alert to everything in my environment the way I should be. I would say. So um, Gabrielle is there as a new player, basically, and I'm trying to help her. And I was like, just play, and I'll walk you through this. And then, I, th- I mean, I wasn't too bad. I wasn't too high, but I was definitely affected by this pot that I vaped. I couldn't tell other than Sarah's lack of attention to the game was giving you more confidence than you should have had. Why? Because you saw her... No, not more confidence than I should have had in myself as a player, but more confidence against Sarah. Yes. So more belief that Sarah, less confidence, was giving me less confidence in Sarah. Sure. By her behavior. Yes. So, I mean, we're in this pot that I'm sure I'm going to win, right? Because what I remember of this woman, Mm -hmm. you know, 2019, was like, ah, you know, she's all in with a pair of sevens. Yep. There's three face cards on the board. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the truth. I'm sorry, Sarah, if that's not true, and you were always good, and I'm misremembering. But I'm I'm watching her pay attention. There's snacks. Do you know about snacks on the table during poker? This was a thing last oh, night. Oh, this is quite the disnaction. Yeah, it was a disnaction. And there was also <laughs> salsa and hummus mm. eventually. Now, who brought the hummus? I did. Oh, you did? I, I, well, I mean, who brought it to the table? I didn't bring the hummus. Oh. So uh, I'm, you know... Fairly baked and eating corn chips. And I'm really just disappointed in myself for a number of reasons, right? I'm eating these shitty carbs. Hummus was delicious. I'm just picking pieces of popcorn off Sarah's plate one by one slowly through the entire night. Right. Now, Sarah, now this is the white cheddar popcorn. Oh, good stuff. Oh, yeah. If you don't use your hands to eat it. 
By the way, oh, yeah. by the way, we need to talk about a Doritos commercial that is a problem, but we'll come back to that. Um, and I'm like, how much white cheese powder is she going to get on these chips before she gives them to me? Because she's I'm clearly going to win this hand, yep. and she's not paying attention. And then she won the hand, and that happened twice. And when she wins, when she did you see what she did when she won? Oh yeah, she goes, I, I I'm going to win. Sorry, and yep. she flips her cards yep. over, and she wins, and <laughs> she's not wrong. It was uh, every time. Like, it was more than twice. There might have been two big hands, but it was more than twice that she did this because I watched. Mm-hmm. Because I did well too, but not as well as her. Yeah. Sarah and I were the winners, right, of the night. But well, who was the actual winner? We didn't play till the end. We just oh, at okay. a certain point when I was up a good amount, I went all right. Yeah, I'm on top. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I was. I it went. That's it for me, everybody. Yeah. This is why you have to set a time limit. Otherwise, people feel like I you're did. Just, it was, uh, it was just arbitrarily de- deciding that you quit when you're on top. But uh, I don't know. I found it to be very funny every time Sarah won a hand over Brett. It was ex- it was it was um, it was upsetting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. I mean, poker. This kind of poker night is like, well, I'll go and get these people's money, and maybe Andrew will get some of this money. That's kind of how I feel about it. I don't think I'm known for winning poker, though. Mm, I feel like uh, I, I feel like I'm known for getting really drunk at poker. Yeah, and then you do yeah, that, something that's dumb and it pays off. You dumb. Do, not dumb. You do something really risky and it pays off. Yeah, because at a certain point I just get bored. That's what happened to me at the end. I had nine dollars left. I was like, "Fuck it." Yep. So you were like drunk, Andrew. Yes. I mean, I was like drunk, Andrew too. Yes. So I don't know. Uh, was not a good restart for my poker career. Hmm. <laughs> You got to get back into the groove. I got. I, I felt like I was too into the game too. Yeah, and maybe poker wasn't the right choice for that kind of for gathering. that. Yeah, yeah. Almost any other game would have been better, but a, a game that allowed for more, like that, because poker is like, hey, everybody, this is poker. We're here for yeah. poker. Are you socializing? It's poker is kind of like school. It's like, are you paying attention? Are you socially stop socializing? Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of like you're trying to have fun in school, and that's not what school is about. Right. Yeah, this is about money. Uh, yeah. So that's not what school is about. Right. But well, about it depends money. on who you ask. But um, <laughs> right. So it wasn't the right choice. But when I heard poker, I was like, "Ooh, I love poker." And so next thing I knew, we were playing poker. Yeah. It all happened very quickly. It did. It's the name of an episode of Portman Show. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of school and teaching, uh, I came to a realization this week. So, <clears throat> obviously, shitty week, shitty couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, I decided, you know what, I need to like get out of town. And I didn't know what form that was going to take. Like, I didn't know if I was going to hop in a car and drive and like show up at Puke's door a couple days later. Or that's a that's a long way to drive. Or just fucking like drive south. Or Alex was going to Austin. Maybe I was gonna go there. I I didn't know. But then I thought, you know, when's the last time I was really able to clear my head? And that was with mm-hmm. our friend Drew when I was effectively doing dishes. I was doing dirt dishes. Mm-hmm. These were dishes that were used to hold dirt for his urban farm with microgreens. And I just spent hours just cleaning these containers out in this wash sink. Mm-hmm. talking to drew and it was the most meditative relaxing thing ever and it was the closest thing to a vacation that i felt mentally ever in my entire life mm. so 
I called up Drew and I'm just like, hey man, I know you're doing work on your house. Like, can I come out and fucking help you for a day? Mm-hmm. Like, that'd be great. So he's like, yeah, absolutely. So Drew lives in Columbus. We've talked about Drew. Drew's been on the show. Drew's been on the Discomfort Zone. Oh, he is a pearl <clears throat> of he, a human being. He is a self-made man. And when you're in Drew's presence, you're just like a happier person. Yes. So I try to line things up. I talked to Drew on Monday last week and I say, all right, I'm going to come out on Thursday. What do I have going on Thursday? I have a meeting in the morning. Once that meeting's over, I'm going to drive straight out there. I'm going to fucking check out of everything. And I'm going to leave at some point on Friday and come back to Pittsburgh. And I will have like a 30-hour stretch of just mentally checked out of everything. Mm -hmm. So Thursday morning comes. I get up. And I have two meetings. First one starts at like 8 o'clock. Second one starts at 9 o'clock. As soon as that 9 o'clock meeting is over... It's now 10, and I'm packing, and I'm on the phone still, and I get in the car, and I start driving. I'm in the Miata, and I have these earbuds, which I fucking love these earbuds. Oh, yeah. I carry them everywhere, and I can take calls in the Miata with earbuds on, and people can hear me just fine. And he wears them around, and then you think you can't talk to him. Yeah, because sometimes I'll have the Amplify audio on, Mm -hmm. like the the, the surrounding audio, Mm -hmm. and other times I won't, and you can't tell. (laughs) Right. Like, there's no on-air sign that sticks up out of my head or yeah. anything. But, it doesn't, uh, like, uh, have a laser that projects a sign no. onto the wall next to you? So I get in the car, and as soon as I get in the car, it's phone call after phone call. I have fucking WebEx meetings to attend while I'm driving. So my entire drive to Columbus, I was on the phone the whole time. I get to Drew's, and I just hang up the phone, and I'm so, like, mentally just exhausted because now it's been... Basically, 10 hours of nonstop phone calls and work while on the run and checking emails while driving on these Teams meetings and all this stuff, the whole drive. And I'm like, Jesus, this is not how I wanted to spend the day. I wanted to just listen to podcasts or an audio book on the way out here, and that's that. Didn't happen. I get to Drew's. I sit down. Within a few minutes, I'm back on the phone again. Watch. What does he think of this? He was he's cool. He's trying to be gregarious. Yeah. Um. So took care of business, and then Drew had some work to do later that day at the farm. So I'm thinking, okay, let's get over there and let's get to work. But Drew has this guy who works for him, Tim. Tim is a young guy. Tim is a young guy. Yeah. So Tim is baked. Tim is 22. And very high. Always. Yes. So I got high there <laughs> by accident just by being close to Tim. Yep. <laughs> What are these greens they grow? <laughs> so Tim and Drew are smoking and shooting the shit. Drew and I are drinking bourbon. And uh, you know we're having a nice time. We're about to go over to the farm and do a little bit of work and then go out to dinner. And going out to dinner with Drew is one of the best things you can do. And um, so we're spending the evening with Tim. And Tim and I are talking. And for some reason, I'm compelled to like dive into Tim. Dive into Tim. Yeah, because Drew, like Drew's a self-made man. He he works for himself. He runs a business. He takes care of shit, and Tim works for him, right? Yeah. And I hear Drew kind of ragging on Tim, like I do to Alex, kind of. I've never seen Tim not on a couch. I Tim was on the couch. Yeah. Now did right, but it was kind of like Tim had a kind of affect about him. Tim slept on the couch so I could sleep in Tim's room. Yeah. From my experience with Tim, I wasn't sure that Tim and the couch were two different things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
but I'm I'm talking to Tim a lot, and I hear Drew kind of giving Tim shit, but Tim's taking it really well. And I'm just like, you know what, Tim? Listen to everything Drew tells you. Do everything Drew tells you to do. Watch what Drew does, and you're going to fucking pass Drew one day. Like, you're 22, and if you can absorb this shit, you're going to be a good shit. He's real into, like, NFTs or uh, DeFi or something. Because oh, he was watching this screen on the TV. Like, I don't want to get... I'm not selling Tim short. Tim was very high. And he was into some shit that was too complicated for me to understand. Yeah, but this is just young people <laughs> shit. Tim is 22. Right. Young Tim. So I can't help but like want to dive in because Drew's told me a little about Tim's past. Tim has a sordid past. Okay. But how much past can there be? He's 22. Uh, but he's got enough. 20, 22 years. Yeah, but the past couple of years past. sound like they've been a little rough. So I, I kind of mm. dive in. And the next thing I know, all I want to do is give this man advice. Like I just want to go... Let me impart this wisdom onto you. Mm-hmm. That's all you ever wanted. I know, but especially with like a 22-year-old Tim. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. It was a very strange feeling. Like I just wanted to teach Tim everything about the world. Yeah. And I went, I went, Tim, you have an opportunity. Stop looking at screens. Stop going on social media. Stop doing all these things. Live in this basement. Yeah, this is no time Make for... Make everything for yourself. <laughs> Timidity. <laughs> so uh yeah i don't know that's all I, I was great like i and he was receptive to it that's the thing like when i was 20 i wouldn't have been receptive to any of that shit no you're barely receptive now but is this why people enjoy teaching because whatever uh, feeling i had with tim uh yeah because it's you know i just had this conversation with landon porter i don't know who that is he landon porter is a man who everyone should know uh, and when I say sure, I don't mean already, but I mean I hope you learn about him. It's okay that you don't know about him now. He's a friend of Nathan Frazier's, who's our friend. I like right? Nathan Frazier's. Nathan yep. Yep, that guy, <laughs> who was in Columbus when we were there. He and I are working on a new project together that I'm very excited about. And uh, Nathan and I have known each other for years. He's a copywriter. He is the world champion of Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you should be following Nathan Frazier. Uh, puke, you're on Facebook, and you would love Nathan Frazier. And um, he introduced me to this guy, Landon, who I do some production work on the side once in a while. Landon is switching projects. He had a show called The Sales Gorilla because Landon has like the sales background. and He trained people basically in podcast and community format to do sales. Now he has this thing called Dude, It's a Game. He wants to work with me in some capacity, but we haven't figured out what he wants me to do for him yet. He just wants me to be part of his thing. So... He's asking me this question and he's like, so why do you want to have this influence on people? And I give him an answer and he's like, yeah, but why? And he keeps drilling and drilling and digging down. Like into, a six-year-old. Into like, yeah. Just saying why. Mm. But it was some really, really good questions and it really got me th- being introspective about what I do. And, and I said, you know, I think I have good answers to these kinds of questions and I think I'm purposeful, but it was really kind of a, an interesting thing. And yeah, I mean, it does kind of meet a need that I felt when I was a teacher where other people, like you want to be effective in the world, right? So it's kind of a a pretty real-time feedback loop about your ability to educate and entertain people, thus change their lives, make their lives better. So if young Tim responds in a positive way, you feel better about yourself. Yeah. 
you feel like I've done a good thing. Look what I've done. Yeah, you feel accomplished. Mm -hmm. Mm. And no matter how much of a mess you might be, it's always good to like help other people see opportunity that they're ignoring. Mm-hmm. And man, I've sent a I'm, friend request. I'm sure that that can, what to Tim? Nah, Nathan Fraser. Just click follow. Fred. I'm sure he has five thousand oh, friends. Oh, He's oh, the okay. king of Facebook, the world champion. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure it gets mostly annoying for most people. But yeah, I love just like taking people and shaking them and having them look at these opportunities in their life. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to do. What business is that? And how uh, do I start it? Life coach. Yeah, that seems so woo. We could take the discomfort zone wider. We bring in a third person every time. We say, now it's time for us to give you advice. Let's look at your landscape. Or I could be just like a, uh, a call-out person. You know what a call-out person is? You give the advice. I just have a second mic. You ever seen like you ever seen an Eminem concert? Not like, have you been to one? No, but like, No and no. Okay, so Eminem will be doing a concert, and he'll have a couple of blacks around him mm-hmm. with microphones. And they just go, yeah, yeah. So we put you in blackface. And they go, what, what, what? So And then he repeats himself? I don't need to do blackface. No. Oh. So I'm your call-out guy. Brett's going to get a phone call. <laughs> so, no, I want to be more involved. Someone's I can give advice, too. I've learned lessons in life. You think right. I'm going to stand there going, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. What? what? Yeah. what? Okay, little John. Yeah, that kind of a thing. That's a kind of a call out guy. But then it just became his thing. So that's where those were the words he said. Yeah, I don't know if I want a call out guy. It's you know, <laughs> you can appreciate it in the right context. Like the mighty mighty Boston's, they've been around forever. Mm-hmm. There's a million people in the band. Yes, I don't know how any of them ever ate a meal because I don't know how like you can play a small club and feed all those people. Mm-hmm. There's even a guy in the band who doesn't play an instrument or sing. You know what he does? He just walks around on stage dancing, keeping everybody happy. That's all he does. Yeah. But he's part of the band. He's always been part of the band. He's been there since the beginning. I want that guy. So we need to (laughs) hire somebody. We don't need a call-out guy. I need a silent dancer behind me as I'm saying brilliant things. I like it. I like it. It's not the job for me. I have things to say. Right. So we need to hire somebody. Can we? You want to try it though? Can we get some music going somehow? No, unfortunately. All right. Well, um, you uh, let, let's just let's just give it a try. So you're gonna say some things. All right. Uh, do we need to like set a scene? Somebody in the chat want to volunteer? Yeah. You need give advice me a problem. About a thing. Oh, nice juru, a ju guru. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Brett's already dancing. We don't have a problem yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite the uh, interesting stretch. It's a hamstring stretch. It's called the goose stretch. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. You know what? Let's use Tim as the example. You know, Tim is a guy who, without working for Drew, would probably be homeless. But Tim realizes that. So he does work hard for Drew. He follows Drew. And what kind of dance should I do? <laughs> I don't know. It's not the easiest thing. Not- you're the dance guy. Interfere with your part, but like, what are some? Uh, okay. Know, what kind of dance? So when you're having a problem in life and you just want to dance, I think uh, I think what you do is you just start out small. So when you start out small, think back to some great films like um, Basketball, and they do the happy dance. Actually, I saw the happy dance in Malcolm in the Middle too. The happy dance is where you just swing your arms to one side twice and then the other side twice, but then. 
as you get into it. That's just to get you going, to get you a little bit loose. But you can warm up a little more, and you get a little more enthusiastic. Then you can start bringing your legs into it, too. And you swing your hips back and forth, and you flail your arms around even more. So you start off with little happy dance motions, and no matter how unhappy you are, you just get a little bit happier. Have you ever tried to dance without music? You fucking suck. <laughs> the music's got to be in your head. Yeah. Just, uh, just sing it on your feet by Gloria Stefan in your head. Well, that was fun. It was fun to watch in the camera behind me. I feel like that could get distracting in meetings, though. Uh, I feel like it would help meetings. It might, yeah. It would bring because, some levity. Right. And in a meeting, there's so many topics being discussed. Um, I feel like you could not only dance, but you could kind of mime things, too. Like when you're talking about quarterly sales reports, rather than actually pull up a graph, like a line graph with like the, mm-hmm. the red line going up and then down and up and then down and then an arrow. Yeah. You could just make that with hand motions and turn turn that into a dance, right? Right, you can pop and lock it like a robot dance, and then you know people will get the idea about uh, market movements. This is the future. Fuck powerpoints. Yeah, <laughs> it's power dance. Yeah, the business dancer. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great idea, because there's all sorts of business coaches, and these yeah, companies but- have endless meetings, and they get really fucking boring. I've been yeah. on these Zoom meetings for my oh. day job. And I've heard at the end of multi-hundred person like conferences. That's the thing. All these trade shows and conferences, they've all gone virtual and they're all a fucking waste of time. And I get yeah. it. People want to hawk their shit. They still want to put effort into this. They, they still want to try and capture leads and get customers and all of that. But it sucks. Like no one's paying attention. Everyone is doing something else while they're attending these meetings. And at the end of this one big meeting, like 200 people... You can just hear some woman, as everyone's saying goodbye and hanging up, some woman just goes, I just had to sit through the stupidest fucking meeting. <laughs> and while it was hilarious, yeah, because she was like saying it to somebody next to her in person, um, I also felt awful for the poor people who put on this meeting. Yeah. Like I had to speak at this meeting, but I didn't really care. But yeah, I thought it was fucking hysterical. Well, it teaches them a lesson for having meetings. I know. But uh, how do you... Due to COVID. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so I sold my house. Done. Congratulations. Yay, that's over with. For way less money than I was hoping, but anyway. <laughs> Still more money than you paid for it. That's true. Until taxes come, God knows what that's going to be. Unless they already take them out. I don't know when that happens. Um, I think you're going to be okay. Ah, probably. But uh, anyway, um, so what's the plan next? Uh, not none. Uh, if I didn't have student loans, I'd be completely out of debt. My my car is paid off. I don't have any credit cards. I uh, I don't have a house now. Stupid fucking student loans. But those have been. They keep pushing those out, and uh, I'll just keep not paying them until either inflation brings the price way down to nothing, or they just uh, say you know, eventually Biden's just gonna pay for all that fucking student loan debt for me so. yeah that's kind of what i keep thinking too i'm like man should i try and pay down equity in houses or am i just going to be forgiven one day the only problem with the house equity part is like i don't i feel like the market's gonna crash at some point whenever like all these renting and i think you are or, so wrong but like what happens when they they get rid of the rent and uh eviction moratorium and then there's just all this shit on the market there's not going to be a, a flood of housing on the market i don't think why not? Well, new home construction, I mean, it depends on where. Real estate's always local, but new home construction is yeah. not uh, growing at the speed at which it has in the past. 
So <clears throat> also, there's a precedent set. There's not going to be a massive, like, just wave of evictions. It's, it's not going to happen. Okay. Some governmental organization is going to step in and bail people out. And also, like, if they do that, it's, it's going to eventually trickle up to the landowners, too, the landlords and their mortgages. It's not going to be just for the tenants and the renters. It might be at first, but after a while, it's yeah. going to trickle up. It's not going to go away. They're going to do everything they can to keep interest rates down, which keeps housing affordable, which allows house prices to increase. The, the housing prices are going to increase in contrast to or comparison to inflation. It's going to be a hedge against inflation. I don't think housing prices are going to crash. They might not grow at the rate that they're growing right now for much longer, but yeah. I don't think there's going to be a crash crash. Like, And I, I as much as inflation is going to happen, I don't think interest rates are going to skyrocket to 7, 8, 9%. If that happens, then yes, housing prices are likely to plateau or fall. But before they plateau yeah. or fall, houses will just sit on the market longer on average than they have been. Okay. Well, there's a lot of things that can happen before the housing market crashes. Mm. Yeah, I don't have any. Uh, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do right now. But it's it's at least you know good to get that off of uh, my plate. And now it's just uh, I don't know. Just going to try and you know save money and all that horse shit and then next time i find a house whenever that'll be hopefully i'll have you know a, an actual down payment because i burned my va loan <laughs> i think you can get an infinite number of those ah uh, maybe i don't know i haven't looked into it but the uh the next house i get hopefully i'll, I'll have learned my lesson and and know better what i'm actually uh, desire in a home and one of those things is a shitload of room around the neighbors <laughs> so. um, let me ask you this this came up um so how would you feel about like actually designing plans like for a house like not like building a house oh. from scratch but like oh. you get a house and you draw it up in cad or something and, and you do the design for like the floor plan the layout you know you can place all your vents and your electrical outlets and all of that and you can kind of you know create a comprehensive plan if you had to do work on a house well, I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't you have to anyway? If you're gonna like for remodeling, basically, is what you're saying, right? Right. But if you're gonna like remodel a house, so you're like, okay, I'm gonna redo this kitchen. You don't need to make plans up. You just do it, right? Oh. But if you do plans, yeah. you can you can do it more thoroughly. But I feel like the planning process is kind of fun. Yeah, I would love to design my own house. I think that would be a a lot of fun slash probably stress. But but yeah, because I you know. I feel like I have a lot of good ideas for how a house should be designed. It's basically you take a garage and then you put a room in the corner and you have a house. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone should look up barn dominiums. Yeah. Those are amazing. I love those. Yep. Kind of what this guy, my friend Scott, just built out in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. He joined our call, our university call, and I think it was Carrie said, are you in a Costco? (laughs) Because that's what it looked like in the background. The ceiling was so damn high. Yeah, high ceilings. Well, you, you, yeah, you're not too worried about the cold in uh, Oklahoma, so that's that's a, not a bad. You idea. are apparently you are. I guess the climate there is super harsh. That's why they moved all the Native Americans there. Oh, so they would die. I mean, it does get cold. It get, it just doesn't snow as much, I guess. And you know, I mean, it's very similar to like where I grew up in Arkansas, where it get down into the you know freezing temps. Sometimes yeah. they have ice storms. But. Yeah, they said it was just brutally cold there. It's either brutally hot or brutally cold. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe that's because of the wind. It's probably because of the wind. I don't know. Interesting. I but I, I would definitely love to design a house where you have like either somewhere there's a double door that just leads into the house or you design the goddamn front door like it just leads into a room. None of this fucking 90 degree angles shit. There's a house three miles up the street. It's two buildings. Uh-huh. It is $219,000. The one building is That's a lot. like a 60 foot long just metal steel building with a garage door and a little office attached to the end of it. Oh? So it's just a big long garage. The other building is another steel building on a slab. And not only does it have a double door entry, but it also has a roll up garage door entry. But once you go inside, it's a beautiful open concept, one bedroom, one bathroom. It's just like a big living room, a big kitchen, a little bathroom, and then a loft where the bedroom is. Hmm. That's it. Doesn't seem super resellable, though. That's No, weird. it's not. It's been on the market for a very long time. <laughs> Longface and I went and looked at it. It's cool. And I said, yeah, I would totally buy this if it were $58,000. How much is it? Right. 219000 Yeah, you showed this to me. Yeah. We stood outside in a uh, very uh, bad-looking yard. It was just a parking lot. It was terrible. It was just a dirt parking lot. Yeah, the yard was a horrible. <laughs> If somebody built two buildings in a place that looked like one of those places where people used to keep sand, <laughs> like piles of sand, a quarry. Yeah, you know, no, not like a big quarry, but just like you know, like the highway department has like a little pull off where it's like this is where we yeah. keep the sand. And somebody said, "Why don't we move the sand, build a couple of buildings, <laughs> yep. not change another fucking thing about it?" That's what they did, right? Mm. Nothing grows there. Fucking highway department kept sand there for twenty-two years. You think you're gonna have a lawn? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing I think I'm going to think about is like, is this house resellable? Because that, uh, you never fucking know what horrible things can happen one year after you buy this stupid thing. Hmm. Well, 2020 was a good uh, showcase of that. True. A lot of lessons learned, I think. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Seems like a lot to think about right now. Got to see if this current job lasts more than a year. (laughs) <laughs> Everything I see about your company, uh, I, I just see them acquiring shit and growing and yeah. buying more shit and striking deals and doing shit. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good news came out recently with uh, you know them trying to buy a basically a competitor so that they would have a fuck ton of market share for what we do. And it, if that goes through, like you won't know if that actually is allowed by what is it the FEC or the SEC or the ABC or the DAF and the QN men. Um, but if it does go through, I think it's going to be good for business. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I would like to, uh, I'd like to find a house out there in the woods somewhere in between Butler and Pittsburgh, but not in the shitty County. That's what everybody wants. I know that's the problem. (laughs) People have realized how shitty Allegheny County is. They want out. Is Oakmont Allegheny County? Yes. Oh, really? It was. Yeah. Oh, and I found out, uh, like, basically the day of closing, my realtor, or maybe it was the day before, and he's like, hey, do you know you still owe a bunch of taxes? And I was like, no. Yeah, because they increased it, and your mortgage company wasn't made aware? Mm. Yeah. That happened to me. Yeah. I don't know how that fucking works, but they just, what's stupid is that the the municipality and the school sends you separate bills, and they're just from some, like, law office. They're like, the law office of Joan and Fred, here's your tax bill, and it looks like junk mail. I actually, like, the first year I had the house, I threw away one of those bills. And then I saw on Facebook, somebody was like, hey, these aren't fake. This is your actual tax bill. And I was like, what? 
I just happened to randomly see a Facebook post and ran back to my trash can and was able to uh, to dig it out of the, the trash. It was it's very obnoxious. Owning a house is a lot of uh, stupidity. Well, you know, I mentioned Oakmont, which is a for people who don't know, it's like on the eastern outskirts of Pittsburgh, and there's a PGA golf course there. It's a really cool town. With Larry lived of, there. Yeah, lots of brick streets. And yeah, I go there to meet a, nice a guy about a place that I'm looking at, and it's in a beautiful house on a beautiful street, uh, right around the corner from where our friend Larry used to live. It has beautiful outdoor space. It has a view. The apartment just wasn't very nice, but I realized this man is a man who knows people, right? Mm. He wants to do business. He says, do you want to buy this whole house? I don't want it. I'm tired of it. He's 74. He's got the whitest. These new... are the men you want to know. Yeah. So I'm taking a chance to know this guy because he is a who? He is a what? He is what kind of a guy? A handshake. A handshake. Craig. Is his name oh. Craig? No, it's Gary. But you just as easily, when we thought up handshake Craig, he just as easily could have been handshake Gary. Because Gary is the name of a guy who also does things by a handshake. I don't have a lot of forms. I don't, I'm not trying to hold this up in a big complicated process. You know, I got a lawyer. I got an accountant. I got this lease form that I made in 1978, and I've been Xeroxing it <laughs> since then. And, you know, I need your name. Ever I need since I had number. to start disclosing all that lead. Yeah. I need a check. <laughs> uh, you know, that kind of a thing. So I go at the end of this beautiful conversation where I tell him all about myself. I tell him about my friend Andrew to shake his hand. And guess what happens due to COVID? Fist bump. Fist bump. Fucking fist bump Gary. <laughs> <laughs> he was 74 i mean he's you know he's he's in a higher risk category oh, what did i what did i say the other night um so we went to craig's house last night mm-hmm. for poker amy's boyfriend craig yeah and when i first met him first thing i did was shook his hand yep and i, I laughed i explained this to him too yep guess what i did with craig last night when we left shook his hand guess what else gave Fist him a hug bump. hug wow. he hugged me wow wow I, now, I don't hug Craig. You don't hug uh, people. Yeah. Um, but when <laughs> at one point we were, oh, you were asking Amy, so who's all coming tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Right. And she was given the rundown. And she's like, so Craig and his two friends. And I said, oh, fist bump Dave. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what was it? Oh, the other one. Uh, thumb wrestle. Yeah. Thumb wrestle Larry or something. Thumb wrestle <laughs> Tom. Doug, Let's get some alliteration uh, going. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to read this letter. I got this piece of paper in the mail. It is the least professional looking piece of paper other than it's typed up. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is from the Shaler Area School District. That's the name of the school district. Read the first line on the top of this page, Brett. So from the Shaler Area School District. Shaler School Area District. Yep. So this looks official. Right? <laughs> and um, let's see. At the bottom, there's the woman's name. Her name's Karen T. Read her title. Tax collector, but spelled in a way like it's a restaurant in Lawrenceville. Yep. Like there should be an apostrophe after it for no reason. <laughs> it's uh, missing vowels. Yeah. So the purpose of this letter is my final and only late payment reminder, which this includes a 10% penalty. Oh, boy. Please forward your payment to my office 
by March 31st. After that, all unpaid taxes are turned over to Pennsylvania Municipal Services. That sounds nice. Yeah. The balance due is listed below and includes a 10% penalty. Go ahead and just read the balance due. This is after my taxes have been paid for the year, by the way, on this property. $4,850 and B7 cents. These people. I saw 87 cents. I need glasses. <laughs> no, I, I, I would have I I uh, believed B7. Okay. After the way this has been handled so far. This is fucking great. This is how these people operate. And, oh, this is purely punitive for me, uh, you know, having to force them to approve my zoning. Mm. Mm. So they just, like, said, okay, you owe more taxes now? Yep. They said, oh, well, man. legally, we can't fuck you with the zoning because you've figured out our rules better than we know them. Uh, so what can we do? We can tax you a whole lot more. In fact, 460% more. Jesus. How do you fight that? Or can you? You can't. Because the mm. problem is Allegheny County... Assess, uh, assesses properties only every so often and you look at these properties and they're assessed at like forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars and it's like okay well, i bought this house for three hundred thousand so you're being taxed on a forty thousand dollar property so your taxes are like twelve hundred a year so every 10 years they'll go in and they'll bump your taxes a little bit and their goal is to try and get it to fair market value over time in this case in one fell swoop they just went okay Four hundred percent. Yeah, more than that, because they're six thousand a year now from twelve hundred. So that's fun. No. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. That's sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's end the show. All right. Yeah. Let's have hey! uh, salads and dessert. One more time for the archives, puke. Oh, uh, they exist. Um, Thank you, Nick. Have to Nick yeah. Thanks, Nick, work. for making them. We have to figure out how to get the that uh, whoever wants it. I think I'll put it as a link in the uh, the the Patreon page because right now we have this link to the, on the Patreon page that just goes to like a giant fucking list of uh, five hundred some individual files you can download. And now there should just be one XML feed. You plug that into your favorite podcast app, and you can just download every episode and listen to it like a real podcast. And one of you wonderful people can someday transpose all of that onto a wax cylinder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you could, uh, like, Jessica, get on that. We need wax cylinders. If somebody someday could create the whole old man, out-of-town guy, man from Morris Vagina, podcast, Mouseman saga. Oh, just mash that all together in one long episode? Yeah. Uh yeah, the first old man is 2015, so you wouldn't have to go back further than that. Piece of cake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, assuming Sounds- Nick included the shows that I was on. Oh. Hmm. We'll have to check. I hmm. think they're in there. And now, as for the archives for this show, now, uh, you know, from episode, the last 71 episodes, uh, I don't know what the fuck we're doing with those. <laughs> Figure it out later. Yay! Right, bye. This counts as a show. Bye. <laughs> Just like Polly Archie did I try to keep my sadness in Smiling in the public eye But in my lonely room I cry for tears And there's no one Oh yeah, baby
but the rest mm. of it's just it's just fun. Uh, dicks, enter. Uh, I will look at dicks. Then there's the word butt. Then fairgrounds, curry, Columbus, laundry. Did you Notarized. say let's get V8 juice? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was kind of <laughs> listening. I was like, this fucking guy is drinking V8 juice. <laughs>